What's up, everyone? Thanks for turning into this edition of Hiring University, powered by Ursus. My name is John Beck. I'm the founder and CEO of Ursus and your host today. We're really excited to have Flavio Hernandez, Executive Director of Talent Acquisition at Beachbody, join us today. Flavio is, without question, a veteran of this business, having worked at and led talent acquisition teams at, among other household businesses like NBC Universal, Aramark, Northrop Grumman, Amgen, General Electric, and now at Beachbody. Flavio, where in LA have you not worked? Quite the, quite the resume. For our listeners who aren't familiar with Beachbody, I would beg to bet that maybe you are. They are a leading provider of fitness content for almost two decades, if not more. I was a personal user of Beachbody back when uh, people were uh, watching DVDs and now they've moved their model to an o- the online model. And in response to the pandemic and the home gym market, Beachbody has absolutely taken off. So we're excited to hear from Flavio what he's seeing in the market specific to his business and at large. We'll, of course, ask Flavio some questions about his own personal career and and glean some insights from his own experience. But Flavio, first and foremost, welcome to Hiring University. And why don't you tell us a little bit about Beachbody and what you've seen as it relates to hiring over the last four or five months? Thank you for the introduction here, John. Let me tell you, the last four and a half, five months has been a bit of a roller coaster uh, that hasn't gone down. It just keeps going up, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, and all in a good in a good way, right? You know, Beachbody, you know, the model hasn't changed from, you know, obviously it changed from the DVD business to now the streaming service, but we're an in-home fitness company, right? But what people don't realize is that we're not just covering in-home fitness and, and health and wellness. We're also a nutrition company. So we have a huge nutrition portfolio. And right now, you know, obviously in the in the whole situation with COVID, we've seen a significant spike in business, right? Beachbody's been around for 22 years. Our numbers are just skyrocketing across the board, whether it's on the Beachbody platform, uh, OpenFit, which is, is pretty much a division of Beachbody, has seen a significant increase in business as well. So it's just been, you know, pretty much nonstop the last four and a half to five months, uh, so much so that I've, you know, adding on my own team as well. That's how much hiring, uh, you know, we're doing. It's obviously opposite of what many companies are experiencing, unfortunately, right now. And Flavio, you've obviously, like a lot of most businesses, have had to move to a work from home model. I've had the the, the pleasure of visiting Beachbody's offices down in Southern California, and they're spectacular and have, you know, beautiful gyms and smoothie bars, among other uh, amenities. How has that transition been for your team and for the business at large as it relates to your recruiting efforts and, and just for your employer? Sure. Well, you know what? So, so my team has pretty much always had the ability to be remote at least half the time. So for me, this is kind of the norm and actually works out even for the better because it's helped us out as an organization in terms of hiring. You know, we have now really you know, opened it up in terms of looking for talent across the country. We're not just, uh, you know, set on hiring people that live in, you know, in and around Santa Monica, Westlake Village, or El Segundo, or even San Francisco, right? We are now doing a pretty much a, na- a national search for some of our very difficult to find engineering roles. So that alone has helped us tremendously. The other thing is Beachbody about a month ago did make the announcement that we will be working 100% remote for the rest of this year as an organization, right? That's even helped us further in that sense. But the biggest thing is this, you know, as every executive, every C-suite and anyone who is a, you know, business owner understands, 
the question was, could my company function and operate on a 100% remote basis, right? Well, we have proven that we can, so much so that we've done two major launches within the last four months. The business is doing really, really well right now. And I think right now it's, you know, we've proven as a company and as an organization that our business is able to function as is. And, you know, even, you know, January 1st, 2021 comes around, John, it's not like we're going to have 400 people show up in Santa Monica. That, right. that, that, we just can't see that happening. Is it fair to say that the market has shifted from being a candidate-driven market, which it certainly was up until February, where there were so many choices for candidates and so little talent, that it's now shifted somewhat to be more of a hiring manager, you know, company-led market because there are, unfortunately, a lot of people out of work who are looking for their next career. Is that, are you seeing that or no? No, not at all. Actually, we're seeing that every candidate that we interview, it doesn't really matter really what position it is, right? From, you know, I'll take marketing roles or, you know, finance roles, supply chain roles, R&D roles. And in particular, let's talk about tech, right? And engineering. That's the, the hardest group. I mean, those candidates get bombarded with the emails, right? They're, they're constantly getting calls. And every single candidate that we have in the mix right now on the tech and engineering side, by the time we make them an offer, they're already kind of mulling over two or three other offers. Mm. So, so we really have not seen a significant shift. I mean, maybe if we were hiring at, at different levels, right? Maybe more non-exempt hourly roles. Maybe that would be a little bit, you know, a little bit different, right? But in our in our case, you know, most of the job openings that we do have are very, you know, niche skill sets. You know, R and D, for example, we need food scientists, product development people. There's, there's always been a supply and demand issue there anyways. It's like right. the, the supply is very limited. The demand is always more, especially as more and more companies start, you know, popping up, you know, companies like, you know, what is it, Beyond Meat. Now they're a competitor of ours. They didn't exist two years ago. Yeah. You know? So it, that's just a perfect example of how the market is still shifting, but yet the candidate and talent pool is still very limited. I, I think that's a very positive sign, by the way, that it is still more candidate driven, which means there are more offers and work to be had. What's your advice for somebody who's trying to get the attention of you and your team at Beachbody? I'm sure you've seen an uptick in inbound resumes. Any suggestions for somebody who's trying to to get your attention or things that that you look for? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I always say use LinkedIn. I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn recruiter, LinkedIn messaging you know, most of the candidates that kind of jump off, the, you know, for me on the radar here is are people that reach out to me, you know, reach out to me personally. I don't, I don't find it as it's a nuisance or somebody's bothering me because they're reaching out to me on LinkedIn. I get the way it works, you know, like I'll give you an example, John. I, you know, I think I shared this with you the other day. I posted for my contract technical recruiter position and within 24 hours had 125 plus resumes. Yeah. And on top of that, I probably personally know half of those people. Now, I've been doing this 20 years. That's the challenge. But at the same time, I, I value when somebody takes the time to actually do the outreach and say, hey, by the way, I actually did apply. But on top of that, here's a little bit of a side note about me, right? That to me and my team goes a long way. So much so that the last two recruiters that I actually hired, that's exactly what they did. They reached out to me on LinkedIn and they just kind of kept that line of communication open. And, and they've been both been very, very successful. And I think that speaks volumes in my opinion. Yeah, it, you're you're referencing persistence, appropriate persistence, and and yeah. I think that's important to rise by the north. By the way, as an aside, 
For those of you that are not connected to Flavio, he may have one of the coolest LinkedIn biopics uh, of all time. Yeah. Unlike the t- traditional corporate <laughs> pictures. Um, Thank you. I-, I love your photo. It's awesome. So let, let's Thank take you. the next step in, in that progression, Flavio. Somebody gets through the door. They go through the interview process at Beachbody. That motion has changed. Everything, or for the most part, is done over video. Anything that you can recommend to our listeners around tips and tricks for video, you know, interviewing and yeah. presentation and follow-up? I think presentation is the biggest thing, John, to be honest. I've noticed that uh, some candidates, I- I'm not sure if it's because it's a video or if it's a Zoom, they, they tend to be a bit casual and a mm-hmm. bit lax. It is still an interview, you know, and, you know, let alone, yeah, I mean, of course, we're an in-home fitness company and people, you know, when we're in, on-site in Santa Monica, people are walking around in their workout clothes or their yoga pants. And, and that's just the environment and, and the way it is and the culture is, right? But I still think that during the interview process, you know, even though, you know, uh, there's somebody on my team that does all of my scheduling and as she does the scheduling, she does make a note on there about at least being in a business casual type, you know, as well. And I think what we're finding is that a lot of people are not really taking that to heart. I still say, look, you know, kind of present yourself well, right? It's that first impression. You know, I know it's a Zoom and it, and sometimes a Zoom has the connection issues and, you know, there's a delay and sometimes people get dropped or sometimes your screen is frozen. So I get all that, but I think still it's on the side of the candidate to really have that presentation to really stand out. I mean, I think that people like that do stand out. We've been a work from home business for the last three years, so we're accustomed to it. But I will admit that there are times where I have to mentally remind myself if I have an appointment or an interview or something that does require a certain presentation that I have to change out of the t-shirt. And that's good advice for for people interviewing. They're, They're probably in front of their computer through the balance of the day and doing all sorts of things. Take the time or have the extra shirt next to you or whatever it is knowing that you're presenting yourself and trying to put your best foot forward. I think that's, that's smart and it's different, but it's, it's important. The same thing is true for follow-up as well, too. I I can't tell you how many times when we really like somebody that we interview to join our company and then we don't get a follow-up note from them. And that is an immediate discard for us. You know, that's all those little things still apply for sure. Very, very true. We, We look, I look out for that and it's just a matter of, you know, we want people to have questions, John. I'm not saying that every single interview is a done deal. Maybe even after we have a conversation, there's still questions. Follow up and ask me, look, I didn't clarify this, or maybe I could get a little bit more info on this. I totally put it on the candidate to make sure that they are 150% on board with with us. <laughs> you know what I mean? They have to be on board with us because it's not, it's not a win-win. I want it to be a win-win for them. And so the line of communication is critical for me. Flavio, let's shift gears and... Uh, talk a little bit about your own personal career. Uh, as you mentioned, 20 years sure. and, a, and a, a whole list of, of household names. If you could go back, what, what was your first recruiting staffing job? Was it a, a GE? Uh, no, actually, it goes way back. Uh, public storage, corporate office over here in Glendale, California. So that was about tw- almost 20 years ago. So that was my very first kind of stint in the recruiting world, so much so that what's funny about this, when I tell the story, people laugh about it, but I was obviously not in, I wasn't a recruiter per se. I was a recruiting coordinator back, you know, really what they hired me to do was to look at resumes that were being faxed in, John, (laughs) you know, (laughs) 
people people were faxing in resumes across the country for so public storage had a uh, kind of what they call a pickup and delivery, which is like a, a storage containers that got delivered to somebody's home. Sure. And so we were hiring, you know, we were hiring truck drivers, warehouse people across the country. And again, they partnered me up with the uh, recruiter and said, Fabio, go through these resumes and you tell us what, what looks good as the resumes were just churning in from across the U.S. I mean, we were bombarded with resumes via fax. And that was my very first stint in, in, in recruiting. And, you know, I, I loved it, John. I, you know, I consider myself a people person. You know, the director of uh, human resources came to me about four months after I started at public storage and said, look, it looks like this is pretty natural for you. You seem to be a people person have you ever considered being a recruiter? And I said, absolutely. Uh, and they gave me an opportunity, John. They gave me a chance to be a recruiter for the call center. They have a very large call center. Even to this date, their call center is about 300 people here in Southern California. Uh, and back in, you know, back when I was there, I think I helped to grow the call center from about 125 to about 275, you know, in wow. about a year or so. So it was a very good first job in recruiting per se, because, you know, on the on the call center customer service side, it's a it's a very high turnover area. So it kind of gave me my you know kind of my the first test, the, the constant churn and burn per se with candidates. But that was my very first stint in recruiting. I would say that that may be one of the best places to earn your chops as a recruiter because you're right. There's high churn. Yeah. There's unpredictability. That's a great story. So so take yourself back there, Flavio, yeah. twenty years ago. What would you tell yourself? with the experience that you have now starting out there 20 years ago, what, what would you tell yourself based on what you know today or have you done know, differently? Yeah, no, you know, I think that not much, John, to be honest with you, I've been very, very fortunate. And if you follow my career, you know, from, from going in-house and being a full-time recruiter at public storage and having the ability to kind of, you know, this is back in, you know, the, this whole, what, what do they call it back in 2000, Y2K, all that stuff. Yeah. That was huge back then. So, so I, what happened to, with me, John, is that, you know, I went, you know, the manager of actually of human resources at public storage, she moved on into a different company, a uh, company by the name of, you know, if you remember this, 1-800-US-SEARCH. Remember that? Find sure, anyone. I don't sure. know if you remember that. <laughs> so so th- that goes back a long time. See, so I went, I, she actually took me with her, John. Uh, she, she recruited me out. I went to go work for her. And then, you know, they lost funding back right in the early, like right at 2000. And then from there, you know, I just, this is what followed me for the the rest of like 15 and a half years after that. Shortly after that, I became a contract recruiter. I had no idea what that was, John. I had no idea what being a contractor was. And so, you know, I got, you know, I got asked, hey, listen, are you interested in a short-term contract position to go work for, uh, back in the day, used to be Roadrunner, AT&T Roadrunner, uh, which is now Spectrum. And so, so I did, I started, you know, started contracting very early 2000. And then, unfortunately, 9-11 hit. And as soon as 9-11 hit, I got a pretty amazing opportunity to go recruit for all the TSA stuff, airports, you know, what do you call it, marshals, air marshals, screeners, yes. and so on. So, so I did have the ability to kind of jump into that kind of, you know, role as a contractor. And then from there, it really didn't stop, John. I went from there to Nestle, from Nestle to Amgen, and then, you know, a lot of other big, big name companies. And, you know, 15 and a half years of my, you know, contract as a contractor, I did end up at Beachbody for two and a half years back uh, between 2014 and 2016. And I loved it, John. I had, you know, full responsibility, as a, even though as a, as a contractor, I had full responsibility over my El Segundo location. I recruited, you know, solely on the supply chain logistics, R&D and quality sides. 
And, you know, again, two and a half years into it, I just, you know, even though they had asked me to stay on, I did move on as another, you know, as a contractor. And then I went to Northrop. And that was just a different environment for me. I think kind of things just slowed down. I'm not saying it's it's bad or wrong. It's just, right. just a different type of hiring. But two years ago, John, I was asked to come back to Beachbody, which I did. Three months into it, I was asked to, you know, be the director of talent acquisition. My boss said, look, I, I don't know what it's going to take. You've been around Beachbody for five years. I want you to come on board. She offered me the director position and I took it and she said, build your team, which I've done. Really two weeks ago, John, I got promoted to executive director. So it's been it's been a great ride for me. First of all, congratulations on the promotion. I, I should Thank have you. noted that in, in the introduction. Uh, you've, you've seen and worked with and hired a lot of recruiters. Let's be honest, the barrier to entry to become a recruiter is fairly low. There are sure. a lot of average at best recruiters. People come in and out of the business. If you can name two or three characteristics that are the least common denominator for what makes a good recruiter or not, what would those be? Number one, I think communication. Communication is just, I think, critical because you can't go through the motion of, of partnering and recruiting and think that not communicating is going to get you anywhere. I think people eventually find things out. You can't just kind of hide things and say, oh, I'll bring it up if it comes up. No, you got to get in front of it, John. I think communication is critical when it comes to what we do. We're in the business of partnering with people. People are not numbers. People could tell me no. At any given time, we have candidates that, you know, we take them through the motion and all of a sudden, you know, they think everything is a done deal. The managers think everybody's on board. And then that person comes to us and at the 11th hour and changes their mind and says, you know what, I'm going in a different direction. We can't knock them for that. So I think communication is number one for me. That's very critical when it comes to that. And the other thing for me is confidence. I think you have to have confidence in what we do. Because, you know, the hiring managers are not recruiters. They're busy with their day-to-day stuff. So I always tell my team, look, we have to put on our consultant hat, guys. We have to be able to really guide the hiring managers. And really, I'm not saying push them to make a hire, but really, you know, when they're on the fence, it, it doesn't hurt for us to kind of give them a gentle nudge at times and say, look, I think these candidates are, in fact, the right ones for your team, and these are the reasons why. So that's also a big factor for me when it comes to uh, you know what I look for in a recruiter. Again, communication, confidence, and also uh, somebody that could close <laughs> a closer. I mean, somebody that could actually you know per, you know work with the with the managers and at the at the same time have the ability to close wrecks and close candidates because it is a win-win. It shouldn't be where we get to the final stage of an interview and then all of a sudden we're ready to make an offer and the candidate still has 45 questions. That means we didn't do our job. Those are those three things, communication, confidence, and closing, the three C's we'll call them. That's music to my ears. I think as you talk about it, it also, it gives me a reminder and appreciation that Yes, the barrier to entry is low. There's a lot of people that can do it, but the really good ones, the great ones have those three things combined with some sort of subject matter expertise in technology or accounting finance or, you know, creative marketing, whatever it is, that's a a pretty healthy combination and really separates the, the wheat from the chaff. We have to also remember though, John, that, you know, our job, we have, our job is to fill positions and recs. It's not like we're working on a project and then we, we present, a, you know, hey, I worked on this project for the last two months and then I make a, you know, do my presentation and then you move on, right? We fill jobs and there's seven more waiting or there's 12 more waiting, you know what I mean? So we could, you know, we don't, I don't want to say that we pat ourselves on the back. Obviously, we give ourselves kudos and say, hey, great job. 
but then we have the other jobs that are now the priority. So that's the other thing is that it's, it's difficult for somebody to be on like at all times, John, yes. this is something that someone has to constantly to just have that, that drive and say, you're right. Great. Look, I filled these three. Now let's go for these next four. I, I, what I've noticed when I, when I hire, even I've noticed that on my team in the past, even, even my peers, right. That, that drive tends to kind of go away after someone is into a role a few months in, you have to be able to have that ability to say, you know what I could, I can phone screen six people today and my energy level will always be the same because I have a passion for this. Yeah, I, I completely agree. We, we call it the hustle here. And I think it's I, the way I describe it, it's, it's really binary. You either love being in this business or you don't. If you don't exactly. like the grind and getting knocked down nine times to get up the 10th, not the right business for you. But it's worth it when you get up to 10 for sure. Yep. Exactly. What's the, what's the, in your 20 years, what's the weirdest, strangest thing that you've seen along the way? Again, dealing with people who are strange and weird to yep. begin with. What's the yeah. weirdest thing or weirdest story or weirdest encounter that you've come across? Wow. You know, there's a lot. I mean, I think that when we're dealing with candidates, you just never know, right, John? The biggest thing that I've run into is that when we try to provide feedback and, and really honest feedback to candidates that, that are not selected, that are a pass, it's very interesting to see how somebody on the other side is going to take it. We have candidates that are very appreciative of the feedback we give them. And then we get others that are just very confrontational, mm. John, that are just, they're, they're, they're quote unquote, and I'm doing the air quotes here, but they're shocked that they were not selected. And even though, you know, obviously what we're doing is we're the, we're like the, the, the relay, we relay the message from a hiring manager. We're not, you know, I'm not the decision maker, but these are the reasons why the team decided to go in a different direction. And it could be anything. I've actually had people that literally have told me off on the phone. <laughs> they just weren't happy with, with me giving them the feedback. And I would have thought that that wouldn't be the case when I'm being as honest and transparent to them about the reasons why they were not selected. So that always is kind of a, a head scratcher for me because I just never know how somebody's going to respond to me when I do call them. I'm dealing with it now, John. I mean, you know how many conversations I've had with people that I've known that are messaging me, emailing me saying, Fabio, I lost my job three months ago. I know I could do this job, but I know I'm one of 35 people that you know. And when I tell them, listen, I don't think you're the right fit for this particular role. And these are the reasons why. One person unfriended me on Facebook and the other person dropped me on LinkedIn, if you could believe that. <laughs> you know? So you just, I just never know what, what's going to happen when somebody you know, gets back to me in response, sorry, gets to me when I do provide that feedback to them. Let me, let me take that a step further because I think you're being polite for our listeners. No, point number one. I am. <laughs> yeah. Point number one, there are many companies that won't give you any feedback. So when you find a company that passes on you and is willing to take the time, which is the right thing to do, to give you the feedback from why you didn't get the job, take it to heart for the next opportunity that you have in front of you. Because odds are you're going to, if you're listening, you're going to glean something that is going to help you down the road. Secondly, if okay. you are abusive and tell people off, you've just burned a bridge and there it is a very small world and an even smaller community and that there's just no place for it uh, for our listeners. So I, I, yeah. I understand the emotion of not getting a job, have yeah. the, have the maturity and sensibility to not do that. Go hang up the phone and go scream at somebody else. Don't do yeah. that. Uh, because, because what happens is you say to yourself, man, I'm really glad we didn't hire that person. Because this exactly. is the colors. That's what yep. you're demonstrating. Yep. 
So no, no, absolutely, and it happens. You know, everything happens all the time, right? But you know, nothing surprises me anymore. I've seen it all. I mean, seriously, I've seen it all. I've seen people show up as someone and then they, they get hired and they show up as someone else. You know, So it's yeah. just, you just never know what you're going to get. And that's what I have to remind everyone on my team that we just don't know. We're not in their shoes. The candidate experience is, is the best, the, the thing that I lean on the most. I don't want somebody to come back to us and say, wow, you know what, you know, even though, you know, they, they didn't hire me, the process was horrible. And you know, I used to be a Beachbody customer. And now anytime I see it, I'm going to be like, you know what, never again. I don't want that to be the case because I think anybody who applies, takes their time, sh- should be valued. I mean, I'm obviously, we can only hire one person. That's the thing. You know, we can't hire 15 senior brand managers. Flavio, uh, we've spent about 25 minutes. The information that you shared with us today, I think has been really helpful. Beachbody for our listeners is a fantastic company to work with. Um, Flavio his team. You hopefully have gotten a sense of the way that they operate and, and their process. You've taken me down a bit of memory lane here with fax machines. Sure. And when yeah. you search, by the way, I still get forms where people ask for a fax number. Like, really? Who has a fax number? Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, no, I, I figured you would you would, uh, you would have a kick on that one. <laughs> yeah. Flavio, as we wrap up, let our listeners know where they can find you and if they're interested in Beachbody, how to, to get in touch with the company. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I'm on LinkedIn. You know, that's uh, that's really where I live. I'm actually looking, I'm staring at it right now because I had three recruiters reach out to me in this 25 minute conversation. I've had three additional recruiters reach out to me <laughs> and I, I accept every invite and I try to respond to every single person. So again, Flavio Hernandez, executive director, talent acquisition at Beachbody, please look me up. If not, email Flavio Hernandez altogether at beachbody.com. I definitely will make the time to respond to you. And if we can jump on a call, I'm all about networking. I I have a very large network. And though a lot of peers and friends of mine have been impacted, there are still many, many of us that are working and I have no problem making an introduction uh, for someone as well from my end. So please reach out. Terrific. Appreciate that. Thank you, Flavio, for taking time out of, I know what are very busy days for you. If Shanti, by the way, if you've run into Shanti, for those Beachbody subscribers, Shanti is uh, one of the big stars, still is, used to kick my butt a couple of days a week. Super trainer. Yeah, super. Mm-hmm. He is a super, that's an understatement. Tell Shanti I said yeah. hello. Thanks yeah. again for being on the show. For our listeners, again, keep the faith, keep grinding, keep safe, and we will see you next time.